1: cosmos leading conversations awakening your authentic self for soul growth and today is october 16 and very shortly we have a venus star point which this program is all about which you've been hearing from many folks but we have planet buzz with dr laura tad and Wendy stacy from england and I'll get into who she is in a moment after I just briefly say a little bit about the Venus star point in Libra. It's a hundred year cycle. It begins on the 22nd, and it's Venus in her own sign, and it supplants, well, that's one way to say it, but it replaces another hundred year cycle with a different ruler. So we're moving really into a Venus oriented psychology as a point of a heart-centered focus, where instead of Scorpio, ruled by both Mars and Pluto, which serves many purposes of regeneration and direction, but has its shadow side as all, we are now introducing in its stead Venus. But these two planets, I want to say immediately, just prior to this great conjunction on the 22nd of October, shortly, on the 18th are trine. That means 120 degrees, and it's an ease. It's a flow. The energies just go. And hey, in mythology, they had a child, Harmonia. So I think my own take on this is that regardless of where the next 100 years goes in this depth, which always when you start focusing deeper and deeper with all the many changes and is that harmonizing will learn new stratas of how to find harmonia. Okay, that's enough of me because collectively we're very strong and I am ready for Planet Bus.
0: Focusing on planetary ecliptic orbital cycles, and planetary pairs called synodic cycles connecting the planets at the same degree that begin our relationship, these are the members of Planet Buzz.
1: I'm Sue Rose Minahan, the founder of Talk Cosmos, an electric evolutionary astrologer, consultant, certified color energy life coach, vice president of the Washington State Astrological Association, member of Kepler Astrology Toastmaster Club, of a Dwarf Planet University diploma and AA with music degree. I love mythology, philosophizing, collaboration. I'm an artist, writer, a perpetual student of life. And I'm
2: Dr. Laura Tad. I work as a spiritually-oriented psychological astrologer with students and clients around the world. As a counselor, writer, and educator, I love helping people recognize their inner strength, take advantage of auspicious moments, and navigate times of challenge with greater ease. On my own podcast, Mythic Sky Storytime, I discuss astrology, mythology, and actualizing our full potential. Holding a Ph.D. in human science, my doctoral thesis titled Guided by Celestial Light in a World of Artificial Illumination explores the lived experience of contemporary Western astrologers. In addition to my astrological work, I have a course in personal mythology that explores the stories we carry from our ancestors and the impact those narratives have on our lives.
1: And as the ancient Hermetic Code reveals... As as below, below, so so above, as above so below And we're not ended there because to introduce our wonderful guest Wendy Stacy. She's the principal of the International Mail School of Astrology and the chair of the Astrological Association of Great Britain. And Wendy has is an author. She has written numerous articles for the Astrological Journal. She's the author of Consulting with Astrology, Uranus Square, Pluto, those were in 2012, COVID-19 through the Microscopic Lens of Astrology, that was this year, and Unaspected Planets, which was also this year. Wendy has contributed to the new generation, the professional astrologer, Bitcoin. And in 2014, Wendy Stacy received the prestigious Charles Harvey Award for Exceptional Service, To astrology. And last but not least, which is something I intend to do myself, Wendy runs a free webinar on current affairs every fortnight. Now that's two weeks, Thursday nights, UK time. So that's a possibility. And people can register for that. And that information is mailastrology.com slash astrology dash webinars. But all of that is on Talk Cosmos under this specific date. And I believe it's also with her bio. Or if you just Google Wendy Stacy, you're gonna find all of this on her bio. Thank you. It's such a pleasure.
3: Yes. Yeah. It's great to be back. Lovely yeah. to be here. Thank you, Sue.
1: Yes, you know, last time Wendy, we had Israel, Ohosi yes. and you April 10th. And it was about the Jupiter-Neptune conjunction, which interestingly. Jupiter is now trailing to repeat that Piscean experience, but here we have another powerful conjunction with the with Venus and Libra. Uh, what am I saying? Venus and the Sun and Libra. Go ahead. I know, Lori, you have something on your brain here. <laughs>
2: well, I think maybe because what we're talking about is such a specific thing, right? That, that we're talking about a conjunction, but that it's Cassini, right? Cause there's lots of us who have, I Venus conjunct the sun, but it's not Cassini. It's not a star point. Um, and it's in a different sign than my Venus star point. So maybe to frame this for folks, you know, really giving them some definition about what we're talking about. And I don't know if the slide suit would be helpful. Yeah. Let's try
1: the one I have. And Wendy, uh, Nathan said that we can interchange. So if you want to bring one, yeah, this is going to be fun. Okay, so the next one is, uh, okay, if I can use the right thing, it would help. Okay, here we are. A Venus star point generally, and we know that we have a podcast. So hopefully we will not just rely on our YouTube. But if you have a chance, go to the YouTube because you can pause it. and, And we're not so educational as meaningfulness. But there is a lot to understand. So it's an eight-year cycle, but it spans over 100 years. And they reconnect at the same point in that same sign, moving, as Wendy's slide will show, a couple of degrees, starting from the full 29 back to zero. So meanwhile, in those eight years, it has five different signs. It is having a pattern with And that's called a Venus star point or a rose. And it looks like this gorgeous rose. And essentially, you can see the five Venus star points. They are, as of this very moment, on the 16th, we still have Scorpio, which was three degrees Scorpio back in 2018. But very shortly on the 22nd, that's going to be history, and it'll be 29 degrees of Libra. So if that is something in your chart specifically that's going to resonate. These points sit there like a back frame. It's a lot to understand. Ariel Gutman is our a, a wonderful guide. There's many, many YouTubes going around at this moment too, and her Venus star rising. But these five points, which are in Libra, and will be in Aries and in, well, I'm not saying them systematically, Capricorn, Leo, and Gemini. So we can go back to that. Okay, that's all I wanted to say about this. Go ahead, (laughs) we can bail out of that. Um,
2: Well, I think you know what's interesting to be looking at is because there is this huge shift that's happening. So what we're looking at, what Ariel unpacked or like stumbled upon in her research, right, was that looking at these exact conjunctions of Venus, that there's these very long cycles that end up showing up. And we are just in this next few days, shifting into a period of time that no one on the planet has ever experienced. No one alive today has been alive, was alive for the last Venus-Sun star point in Libra um, because the it, it's 150 years ago was the last time they were conjunct. So we're looking at this global shift in addition to however it lands for you in your own chart. For those of you who know your own chart well enough to know where 29 degrees Libra is going to fall, there is this collective shift that we are entering into. We do get a little bit of the Scorpio has a little bit of time to finish up still. 2026 is when we're officially, officially is the last one. But when you're talking about 150 year cycles, it's sort of like when people talk about, oh, the age of Aquarius. When you're talking about 2500 cycles, if you're yeah. off by a decade, it's still pretty close. Yeah. No. Um, and yes. so looking at that, you know, Libra as an archetype being very tied to Venus. Um, and this, you know, about beauty, about equanimity, about fairness, and, and so starting to see, and I think just like particularly with the outer planets, major transits, they tend to announce themselves, right? That what's the, the mundane, the global isn't like, oh, on the day it all changes.
1: No, there
2: does tend to, I think what we're seeing happen in Iran is very much, um, a representation of of this casimi that we're headed towards yes
1: rebalancing polarized uh, extremes its relation very and much it's been led extreme. by women and well true it, it that and Wendy i want to make sure that if you you can bring in any of your presentations also we're going to it's going to be a bit of a a, a, a a juggle here between
3: all of it but that's that- fine that's fine yeah i mean it's interesting as you were talking laura as well i was thinking you know when we look at mundane cycles i love how you said announce themselves because uh so cause that's what they do you know they or laura you said sorry but you know i'm just reminded that um you know we are just sort of entered into the air two centuries of air with the jupiter saturn conjunction that started in december 2020 but that announced itself in 1980-81 when Jupiter, Saturn conjoined in Libra, and all those things at Libra, and I'm just reminded of things like gay rights, um, de facto living together rights, um, divorce becoming more normalized, all these relationship issues. I'm just mm-hmm. sort of in my head now thinking that these are these were all, you know. I mean, I remember in 1981, Kramer versus Kramer won the Oscar mm-hmm. for that year, and it was very symbolic of relationships, changing relationships which changing families as well, nuclear families. So we saw, we were introduced, and this is going to build on that as well, I think, all these similar issues. And
2: and um, that may even be part of the thread to Iran because yeah, the late yeah. 70s, 80s, that's when, I mean, I have a friend who was, fled, his mom was Canadian, so they were able to get out, but, you know, 82, they fled Iran. Yeah,
3: um, yeah, and Because that's
2: when like, the, yeah. the revolution there happened, and stuff shifted in the way that now people are rebelling against. Mm. Um, so there may be a tie to just archetypally we're seeing that being yeah. repeated now.
1: Yeah. yeah. it It is very fascinating. I'm wondering just as far as going ahead here, if we should bring in a chart to show. And now uh, Nathan, can you bring up the slides again? I know Wendy can do hers, but. Okay, because I have to. There's the five, but here the 150 years that Laura was mentioning, and I noticed that Ariel was mentioning that music. I started to think, of course, Libra has a lot to do about art and music. So I started Googling. Well, the camera really became very powerful during that time, and it's talking about relationships, it. Oh, and we. Okay, I'm. I'll stick with that. It. Democrat, democratized, I can't even say the word, but made painting, you know, because you could take a picture. It, it was it, There was more of a liberty. In fact, some of the peop, artists said, it's dead, because interestingly, and the other half said, it's free. Art is free now, which is showing this, the extreme of also entering in when we try to repolarize anything or new wherever this is going to lead us, we know we're a technology. There's a lot of technology, but in, in that birth of the tides coming in, wow, well, there's going to be different extreme attitudes. But Great Britain, with the Industrial Revolution that had started prior, really updated their spinning and we and, uh, weaving, which changed text textiles because we're looking from 1771 to 1880 that's when uranus was discovered just shortly after and then also neptune so our relationship with the universe changed and music gorgeous music and of course there were democracies the usa france and many others that
3: are still happening it's interesting you say so too just remind like in 1842, there was a Jupiter-Saturn conjunction. It was either in that or the 20s in Taurus, at the other Venusian sign. And that is the first time landscape was painted. Yes. So when it was in Taurus, the landscape – I mean, I was watching the British painting show, and they were talking about when this started, I thought, that's Jupiter, Saturn, and Taurus. Mm. So I think when it goes into Libra, you're going to find more, more different – genres of people portraits who's painting what you know like I don't know self portraits I'm not sure or that same polarity with Aries Libra like painting other people or relationships painting people in different ways maybe
1: perhaps. oh it's exciting yeah. I love this and I was thinking strongly because here too it, it it correlated with the move out west and so all these painters came and made huge great big landscapes. Yeah, so in England too. Yeah, that's exciting. Yeah. So here we have the bi-wheel of the two, if we're ready to do that, one of the bi-wheels. But actually, I don't know if this is a little premature because we haven't um, – maybe not. What do you guys think?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think there's so much to unpack here because it's <laughs> when I pulled it up, I was like, oh, it's not just the Venus star point. Wow, okay, there's – Lots of returns happening. Um, but also, one thing that, and even though, I was, as I had said, like, oh, stuff announces themselves, it is also really interesting to see what happens just as it's occurring. Because when I was looking at the date of October 23rd, 1771, it, I don't know, coincidentally, or, you know, the kismet perfection of it all, um, Mozart ha- had a opera that was performed for the first time on the 15th or the 17th of October, 1771, that was about the wedding of one of Venus's sons to a nymph. And it premiered just as this conjunction was happening.
3: Wow. Wonderful. Um,
2: And so it is some of those, like the perfection of it. It's like, right, yeah, they announced themselves, but that was 10 days out, not even. Um, and so that, you know, that laying some of the groundwork and all the music that was, he was young. I mean, Mozart was composing yes. at five. So, um, that piece of the tie to the Venusian piece of music, um, and beautiful. And Absolutely. What was coming yeah. out of, you know, the classical music that was, that was really sort of the ex- heyday of all of the pieces we i mean there's contemporary classical musicians now but everybody we look to as sort of the benchmarks right that are the mozarts beethoven's chopin like
3: all of that was this period
1: tremendous
3: but that 29 libras very elegant and sophisticated isn't it so they hope there may be a return to that sort of genre too, Laura. You know, I think that's, mm-hmm. it's a very beautiful position, 29 Libra. It's desperate to be elegant and, you know, um, so yeah, I am i can't wait till the new genres of music come forward <laughs> and, and the climate we're living in, because it's very exciting, isn't it? Yeah,
1: And it will be very eclectic, very likely. I mean, having played music. I know that the different rhythms, there was always some marriage between, but so many different instruments, so many different ways to, to connect in this chart. And for folks, this is going back on the 23rd of October, 1771. And and this is UT, universal time. And it's an Aries chart, meaning that, okay, it's universal time. So it's six o'clock in the morning with 8 minutes and 9 seconds, to be exact. However, the chart is presented as an Aries chart, meaning that we're using the natural signs. So because we're talking already between England and the U.S., and I'm halfway across the ocean, so we're spreading our – so on an archetypal basis, there is such amazing changes in this particular chart. Immediately, there's a couple of oppositions – which always means greater awareness, and that's between Saturn and Neptune. Well, it's a little wide for Neptune, but there's that meet and and what am I saying? That's with maybe the big scan of things with Neptune and the, as we know, there's this tension between old and new that's being represented by Saturn and Uranus, and here we have that Saturn part looking, perhaps across. Well, it's really, it's years. more of
2: a Saturn, Saturn, right? So Saturn, it's a 10-degree orb, 9-degree orb, but mm-hmm. Saturn was in, in 1771, Saturn was in Leo. We currently have it in Aquarius. So just by sign, they're yeah. in op- um, opposition and just shy but, of a Pluto return. I mean, it's, there's... I mean, Ariel,
3: oh. Ariel Gutman always refers to this, because it's a two hundred and fifty year cycle for the stars to you know to move on in a twelve hundred and fifty year cycle because it's two fifty times five to go completely round, but she correlates it with the two fifty with almost the Pluto return, which is two forty four to two forty eight yes. years so it's an interesting uh you know um which will come out of orb over some time, but it's interesting this one also squares Pluto. <laughs> this particular venus point you know um so that's going to be an undercurrent to this as well i think a bit like the last one like the last one because it was also um you know pluto was changed had changed signs or was changing signs which is that is
1: so pertinent because if we're just trying to make this into a broader terms for folks If and to answer this, but if we have that tension between this new ideal that we will be experiencing in all its depth, because Venus herself, I think, has been misrepresented as more of a certain terms, whereas actually her, he has a huge legacy of all this other mythology that goes down to the underground and sheds and which is a natural process of of. Finding your values, let's just say, and and relating with other people, but if in that tension of that transformation with Pluto, as you indicate mm-hmm. wendy uh, twenty nine degrees we have we both of them are well, they're at the very ends of their cardinal signs that want action because th- what I'm getting at is is that that transformation immediately is. Referring back to what structures we have because it's Saturn. And Saturn is looking at a hundred and two hundred and hundred and fifty years ago to see what was there. Then in the anyway, so that's a very pertinent, but then in that Uranus of change is at the same degree. So there's huge change, but we're heading to it rather than letting go of it because of the nodal energies. I hope I've related... Well, and I think,
2: I mean, some of that we're seeing, again, like, so when it happened in the 1700s, right, it was on the birth, on the cusp of the U.S. Revolutionary War with Britain, and then in, no, a decade later, France, and so, but so much of that was about equity, about what was just, about fairness, about who, you know, trying to That being upended and that being part of what we're seeing now, too, of what's fair.
1: But on different terms, it's true, but it it is interesting because at that time, if we had the powers, let's say the leadership, if we look at, well, leadership is, I'm thinking out tightly with Saturn of rules of authority it's in the sign of Leo which is your own manifestation and people wanted to manifest now it's in the collective, or it was
2: the king and it yes. was monarchy versus one
1: whereas England too is demo- d- democracy you know there's this they you know the you, you uh, the commonwealth has and you, I can be corrected I hope for sure has this uh, um, reverence of that but it doesn't rule them. It's more of a subtle today. Rule.
2: But in the seventeen hundreds, right? No, that's it was the king about. in so both Britain and in France.
1: Yeah, but so because Jupiter is very evident. Jupiter here is at zero degrees. As it, as I first mentioned, you know, um, in the, it's now at zero degrees. Aries because it's returning back to Pisces but it is at that Aries point and it's looking when it's retrograde always to lost opportunities whereas before Jupiter was conjunct that transformational energy you know really it's quite different and also I perhaps
3: I mean cuz you you put on the industrialization and the spinning jenny in 1776 I think the spinning jenny was invented the Chinese had done it many hundreds of years before and I'm wondering if it was on a Sun Venus and Libra star as well mm. perhaps and when that happened and Pluto was at the end of Capricorn um, and so maybe with that same sort of pattern and you know it was the start of the industrial Revolution and manufacturing to the point that we all live by that sort of same sort of you know um, system now the same sort of economic um system. So it sort of has a similar signature, I think. So it still has that end of Capricorn industrial, you know, um, uh, change of industrialization or change of commerce, change of all things economic, really, um, but tied into that Sun-Venus, which is, you know, all about people, I think. People, relationships, and cooperation and different forms of it, and yes. collaboration and different forms of it, yeah,
1: And The wound, I immediately see that Chiron is at the very end of this collective in Pisces, which we could say so much, you know, we're in the era of Pisces, we're going into Aquarius. But here in this chart, as it has been for eight years, it's in the middle of it. It's right in the middle of Aries. So it's really that initiation. It's looking at Mars. But the difference is great. Mars right now is in that diversity. In Gemini, it wants connection. It wants the neighborhood, it wants to find out more information. It wants to communicate. Should we do another slide or does somebody?
2: <laughs> uh, well, should we take a break? Nathan well, just we popped will. Up that-
1: Oh, we, oh dear. Okay. Very good. All right. (laughs) Thank you. We will certainly, we'll come back and we'll squeeze in more with Dr. Laura Tad and Wendy Stacey of the UK Mayo School of Astrology. And this is the 16th, just before the great Libra Venus star point. It'll be like being in the game rather than speculating about it. Okay. Be back. While we take a break from this week's edition of Talk Cosmos, let's take a look at this cycle's archetype. We are currently in the Yang period of Libra, ruled duly by Venus. By leaving the lower hemisphere of the self, the energy of Libra enters the arena where the completed self meets the other-than-self to form a relationship based on partnership. As a cardinal air sign on the descendant angle represented by the equinox of equal light, Libra's energy learns through comparison and relationships with the intention to integrate duality and polarities.
2: This is Martha Norwalk, every Sunday morning, beginning at 9 a.m., thanks in part to Linda Rasmussen at Vertical Energy Worldwide, we cover the world of animals. This week, October 23rd, it's my next teaching show with Walter Stofel, author of Lance, A Spirit Unbroken. I'll pick up where I left off in August, so check out our archives if you need to catch up. Hope you can join us for Martha Norwalk's Animal World, Sunday morning, 9 a.m. to noon, right here on Alternative Talk, a.m. 1150.
0: Or, if you'd rather listen to the show archives with audio only, the entire podcast collection since 2018 is available on most podcast carriers. So, grab your coffee, tea, or kombucha and enjoy the show. Tot Cosmos is celebrating its sixth season and has a special gift for everyone listening to the show, a free mini transit reading from your natal chart. This reading can help you discover your life path forward and make you aware of current opportunities and challenges talk cosmos kaleidoscope visions panel invites you to participate in this learning experience and to interact with the astrologers reading your chart in 2023 during the monthly kaleidoscope visions show schedule your mini transit reading and find more information about the panel at talkcosmos.com We look forward to connecting with you for a free natal chart mini transit reading during the monthly Kaleidoscope Visions show at 1 p.m. Pacific on Talk Cosmos.
1: Get inspired every hour right here
3: on Alternative Talk 1150.
1: Hi, and we're back. And I hadn't said, but the title of this is Balancing Justice for All. So, and I want Wendy you to show, but let's, Nathan, can we go right back to the slides for a moment? because I just wanted to show this one factor, Hamea. Oh, I didn't even spell it right there. Pardon, but it's down here. It's a dwarf planet. It's way out past Pluto. And, and she is the Hawaiian goddess of birth and exactly conjunct within two degrees of this uh, Venus star point, meaning again, an, an echo of the deep transformation that is in process and soon she'll go into Scorpio. So that's the same one. And you can see this weird little, hmm, oh, it looks like, uh, anyway, it's up here at 29 degrees. Okay, so I wanted to show that, and I'm just going to leave this up if people want to go back to it. It's Venus star points. It's from the uh, uh, cosmic intelligence agency and i think wendy has one too that'll be very pertinent on hers but it's a series and you can see the replication like this is back from 2017 to 2025 for aries and with the libra point that it was at three degrees and um it's going now we're entering the 29 degrees of libra because it goes backwards as a cycle that goes backwards However, I'm not okay. I'm gonna delete that. So I'm not gonna go into a lot of it. And I will mention two, just so they're up on the screen and people, because then we can go into Wendy's, that Ariel Gutman has of Sophia Venus.com has this a link that's on the slide where you can find your Venus star point. And then Wendy has also actually printed them out, but it's a very colorful one because we all have a Venus star point prior to our birth and just like a natal eclipse. And the other thing is, is this is a very interesting in case you're interested, there's a mudra posture, which really that she has is only a few minutes long. That's recent and it's on YouTube And it shows where if you stand as the body with the head and the arms and the legs, the direction. So it's a little reference to go to. Okay, that's the end of mine.
2: Um, Yeah, I mean, before maybe, Wendy, you pull up your slides so we can talk about it with Mm -hmm. them up too. Just one of the things I think is interesting with this as we're shifting into Libra, right? We talked about it some, but so, you know, if you're dealing with a five-pointed star, but we only have four elements, you end up with repeated elements, right? And so with this particular star that we're moving into, so now we'll have two points of the star in air signs and we have two in fire as well. Um, and one in earth, because Scorpio's disappearing soon. Right. And so until we get the next sign coming in, we'll end up with double fire and double air and no water briefly. Um, which mm. is um, the Aries will shift into Pisces because it goes backwards through the Zodiac. But so just even thinking about what's what are the elemental themes that we're shifting into. And so this error about communication and action really dominating this star that we're moving into
3: um, with the That's double powerful.
2: elemental signatures going on.
3: And important to note where we've come from, like you say, but with even just having um two stars ruled by mars you know with the scorpio and aries so we've been living in this sort of very margin sort of era which is interesting you know mm-hmm. um now yeah which now that's going to be a lot less so um isn't it with the libra so it's again yeah so the it's 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 going to be quite a change i think yeah
1: tremendous
3: yeah, absolutely positive, Yeah,
1: yeah and i think with the the archetype of venus of looking back into the history of anana uh, the descent of anana which is adam Ginsburg goes into a lot with the cycles that it, she is so regular you know she's an evening star and then she's a morning star i think and it's it's that transformational inner self it really gets which is interesting isn't it because libra is an external you know it's a yang it's an external energy where we're relating ourselves with others as a mirror or maybe the mirror isn't.
2: And then being part of this, that like, we're talking about this Kazemi conjunction, which means she's invisible. The star is not visible at this time. We're in that now with it being combust. Um, That meaning that the star, the planet is rising and setting so close to the sun anywhere in the world. That the star itself, that's that is the descent of Nana, right? That that's how the myths came about, is that suddenly the star disappeared because she's rising and setting so close to when the sun is that the the rays of the sun outshine the brightness as bright as Venus is, the brightest star in our solar mm-hmm. system. She's sort of um it's different than the Venus eclipse, but there is this sort of eclipsing of her light that happens during this time in that at the same time that it's this merging of energy Um, because often with clients i've found that people who are born with a venus conjunction where we get much larger orb that we're talking about with the venus star point you know they can struggle to see their own venus within themselves see their own value see their own beauty because of the combust uh, signature so that's part of this energy even though there is this collective shift happening
1: and with generation of people with pluto in libra it will be mm. i mm. think quite a significant which age group is like from 1970 to 1984
3: run yeah because i
1: have
3: right. it i've got I pluto right. at eight and um right so yeah and, what, and, also, or so. and everyone born around the 20th to the 22nd of september it's going to mm-hmm. be you know it's going to be on their sun which is you know fabulous too isn't it yeah yes i think it's also interesting we've you know like i know venus is you know we think of her as aphrodite and things like or not necessarily that she's you know we have these sort of. Um, associations with her and archetypes and that too but she's also rules you know she rules. well i shouldn't say she but you know i say it in a, in a in a archetypal sense not necessarily in a gender, but um in taurus like genus also rules taurus um and there we have you know other myths in terms of you know nature i mean in my own um, creation myth um in Polynesia, in Maori, in New Zealand, you know, she is Papa Tuanuku, and she rules all things on the earth. Um, and it's interesting, you know, we're moving out of fire, you know, um, Scorpio on Mars, and and moving into Libra. Um, and I just, you know, it'd be interesting to see what happens on a more planetary climate. Um, you know, saving the planet. And at twenty nine Libra, it's very desperate. It's a very interesting degree. I know it moves backwards, not forwards. But it's still a sort of, you know, may have a lot to do with the planet and investment in it, Mm. perhaps. Shall we see some of your slides? Should you
1: present? Okay. And thank you for that. I'm so glad to have the heritage because there is m- much beyond the Greco-Roman that dovetails. And with Himea right there, and as you were saying about the Polynesians, it is an inclusivity of birth, rebirth. Yes.
3: Yeah. Um, so this is just an image of um, Venus, but... This here is it's similar to the one that you had on the rose, Sue, which is is really beautiful. Um and also very Libra, <laughs> you know, it's um, and this is sort of, I guess, the, you know, turned inside out. This is um the five-pointed star that um, Venus makes with her orbit um around the sun. And it's just quite a magical mandala. And this is uh noted in Mickelson's Tables of Planetary Phenomena book. Um an incredible book, um, but this is was just an image I thought was um, fascinating. Uh, yeah, it is,
1: particularly over that span of time, um, nineteen eighty nine yes. to nineteen ninety three. It's a nah. Venus Vesta mandala, and it is quite. It, it's talking about um, the the depth. It shows a, it shows depth with it, not just a flat image
3: imagery. I love it. Mm weaving all that weaving yes it's, yes yeah, lovely. interesting and this really is just um an example of what you know i guess it's quite astronomical but just to perhaps um explain what this means because it's the conjunctions that turn you know the venus from a morning star to an evening star it's a conjunctions with the sun and it's always you know when when venus when we say conjunction you know it's when it's on the same from our perspective on earth we see them in the same space in in this in the cosmos and there's two different types of conjunctions of course there's a direct one when venus is going moving forward from our perspective on earth and then there's the one that looks like the venus is going backwards but of course she's not it's just from our perspective on earth it's a bit like being on a train and one passing but going at different speeds it's sort of like Alters your perception, um, and when we have, a, and, and I don't mean to get into too astronomical and too technical, so just stop me, sir. So you, but you <laughs> know the inferior the inferior t- conjunction, which you can see on the on the slide, is when um, Venus and the Sun, uh, when Venus is making a uh, retrograde um, conjunction. But that is when the Venus is between the Sun and Earth, and that is when she turns to a morning star. But it's only the when Venus is on the other side of the Sun, where we can't see her. Um, and when the uh, the sun is between Venus and Earth, and that's when she has a direct conjunction, and that is when um, Venus turns into an evening star, and when she's most comfortable there, because she's from our perspective, she doesn't look like she's going backwards. But you can study this later on the slide. As,
1: and um, it's beautiful to, to to illustrate this. And I thank you. And I know some people have said. Whether it's Gemini, bread, I'm not sure, but exterior and interior, because I'm always working with these labels. But this is very true. Exterior is
3: superior, and inferior is interior. Yeah, it's sort of yeah, yeah.
1: But there's also that thought that the morning Venus, like the Mayans and others, they give a different characteristic to that. Maybe with the rebirth and somewhat of the 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 initiation, you could call it warrior part, whereas the evening star that lasts longer in the sky has more of a wisdom, you know, accrued from Mm. all of her knowledge. So thank you. I've Um, also
2: seen, you know, and read some, I believe on this, of looking at, given that we've given two signs to Venus, right? Looking at the interior versus superior as the Tauren-Libran manifestation of her um Mm. is another you know that the the interior faces of different yeah that that's that's part of that morning star being more taurian and evening star being which more libran
1: like a yin and a yang you could look at it that way there's so many ways to look at our signs you know one is it exterior uh going out the yang the energizing and the yin is more within and and centered within well good thank you let's see what else you have i know this is wonderful we try
3: well this is really just the same sort of image that you had as well sue just this is just the direct conjunctions over the next um eight years and this is where they're going to be, and this is what you know when they are. And it's all—I think it's just interesting to clock this, and also, you know, again, like what Venus point star you—you you know, anyone is born born under, um, and you know how that fits with the rest of the chart and everything else. But this is just the conjunctions that you you um, and yeah. you sort of had the retrograde ones on there, which is also important, and this creates the eight-year um, cycle. And then, of course, within that is the 100-year cycle and then the 250 and then the 1250. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as with everything in astrology, it's, you know, it has – well, astronomy, you know, it's cycle within cycle within cycle. And it can be really
2: interesting for folks who are going to look at their own or maybe want to play with this that when I was looking at it for myself, it was very clear that I needed to look at the dates that were the same I born under an evening star, Venus, that that's the star I look at. Because when I looked wow. at all the dates, they didn't correlate to significant parts of my life. When I looked at the evening mm. star, every single year since I was born was significant under the evening star connection. But the that's morning star, I struggled to find yeah. what it related to.
1: Because I'm also oh,
2: interesting. an evening
1: yeah. Evening star person. Although then again, to add to this, I'm remembering we have that prenatal Venus star. Point, well, but which So I started
2: it, with the prenatal yeah. and then the next conjunction was my parents divorce. We I mean, oh, like, my. but the, in between that wasn't really much of any, it was like, well, my brother was born, but my parents divorce way more significant. Right. And then after that, Oh, boarding school. And after that, like really, really significant years yes. of my life. In a way that the four years in between those eight years, I was having to sort of find something as opposed to mm -hmm. I could have named those dates independent of looking at the conjunction.
3: And all about relationships. Oh, go ahead, Wendy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that's really interesting because this is just sort of coming to, you know, astrologer's consciousness now we have computers (laughs) And now it's coming up. It's like you know, it's a really interesting and hot topic, isn't it? So it is. Yeah, has got the, a lot of work done. So great law. I, I find that find that interesting. It, that-
1: particularly because, just to mention also, there is this uh, eight year cycle where it is actually broken into four, where it goes ahead and then it goes behind it near that same center. So this is very, if anyway, it's something to integrate. Goody. Here we have more. F- information
3: just just little points and notes really i mean i i have to say that you know ariel um gutman is is a guru on this subject and her book is 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 fabulous it's and it's really big and it's beautifully written and she's you know a great woman and you know she um uh her work has really laid the groundwork for all of us going forward and understanding this and i just like you know the she just uh notes that um uh that you know that it's coming up Um, And just through her work, you know, there's some important points like um, every time there is that conjunction in in the same sign, you know, it moves back one or two degrees um, every time it makes that conjunction. So that's how it sort of regresses or retrogrades back to, well, not retrogrades, but goes back through the sign that it's in. Yes. Um, 100 years um, in that sign, then 150 years not in that sign, basically. Um, So a 250-year cycle, which takes us back to that 1771 that we were talking about earlier. Um, You know, it's interesting. I was just thinking that
1: particular uh, uh, fraction is two-thirds, right? And there's so much of the earth that is two-thirds water. We are two-thirds water. I mean, it's a little 72% somewhere in there, but it's close to it. And here we have, if you look at, 150 and 100 am i anyway a little
3: yeah. aside yeah well i mean and here just really um is the uh, which is the same chart that you put up sue so you know we discussed that and um really this is this is the um where it arrives on the planet where it arrives, and you can see here the um, Sun-Venus point. So it doesn't matter, this is time zone, and, you know it's not sensitive. So w- when that exact conjunction um, occurs, this is where we find that Sun-Venus landing on the planet. And you can see here, it sits on the Midheaven. It sits on the Midheaven, which runs straight through Moscow. Through the partly through the Middle East, East Africa arriving down in South Africa, you know, um, hitting on Johannesburg roughly. And then on the other side, where sorry, that is on the IC, where Sun Venus um, occurs on the MC is basically through parts of Alaska, which doesn't really hit much else, although there is probably Hawaii. I don't know if that's all uh, somewhere in Polynesia there. But even when it doesn't, it, it, when you see the MC line, I, you find things occurring in the ocean. There will be something that happens on one of these islands. Um, you know, we were looking at, we've been on the Thursday night webinars, we've been tracing Mars on ingresses. And this is where the volcanoes are going off around the planet. Like, you know, there's interesting stuff that you see. Um, you know following these lines and then when you look at the white lines here this is where sun venus will be on the ascendant at the exact conjunction and you'll see america has pulled into this quite a bit as is canada but especially for america because um it comes straight through the very close to washington the capital so it, it you know and you can see the same with you know in australia up on the west coast up through tokyo as well so you have this washington tokyo so it, it means that they're pl- it, there's, they're the players in how this unfolds whether that be art music and right. you know com- commerce but it's fascinating well, it to is, watch. yeah it's interesting because as
2: much as this line with the ascendant going through alaska so it's barely touching land um, it just made me think I don't know if anyone listening has started watching. there's a new television show that just premiered this fall um with Hillary Swank and um it takes place in Alaska. Ooh. and the at least she's a a journalist, and the entry point into the beginning of this of the show is she's brought to Alaska to start covering. The disappearance of Indigenous women.
3: Ah, wonderful! Whoa, that's a powerful, oh, which is this that huge is-
2: topic that doesn't get enough actual news coverage in this country, and um, missing wow. and, and murdered Indigenous women in in North America. It's a huge. It's, What's it called, Lauren? Sorry, I think it's called Alaska Times. I'll, I'll um, but yeah, it just I just saw the second episode, but that's. It's the big story they're covering is trying to figure out what's happening at least to these women in Alaska that are indigenous and they're covering this story that's not getting enough actual attention in the news in this That country.
1: brings to mind And here's
2: this line that's all mm-hmm. about women and justice going through Perfect. so it's just an interesting manifestation mm-hmm. of this
1: Yeah because now. justice is liberal but also it's Jupiterian, and I'm thinking of Jupiter in Aries in that new chart, which is retrograde, looking at what we've missed the voice. Jupiter needs to have a voice. And in Aries, it's going to have to be starting something fresh. So this is just an indication, as you said, it's a little prelude to it. But the diversity, along with Mars everywhere, is there'll be many voices. So I really
3: appreciate this. It's powerful. And it's interesting cuz the Jupiter at at zero, one degrees Aries is actually going to be quincunx by aspect or in conjunct, oh, yes. that exact um Libra Venus uh, sorry that mm-hmm. yeah Libra sun Venus conjunction so it's a quincunx so it's and, and Laura you just described the struggle the the you know it it, it sort of describes that you know mm-hmm. the quincunx so that's yeah
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I think well, that's- looking at, and this Brazil, I'm thinking of the rainforest. If You were mentioned yeah. about nature. And then, of course, the ocean, we already know that there's, at least here in the United States, of course, we're in Hawaii, but over there, there's all these hurricanes. And, of course, we have climate change where the temperature is more extreme and... It meaning extreme weather. So it's not just on the land. It's very important to realize. Yeah,
3: that's that conjunction, you know, the sort of the Taurian side of Venus and that quincunx to Jupiter is, yeah, interesting. And Aries also, you know, just, just thinking of that and, you know, when Laura was talking about the elements and also having an Aries Scorpio sign, it's, you know, we've had a lot of fires around the world, you know, oh, yes. the, and, you know, there's, there's, and with it Quinkunks Jupiter as well, there's, you know, it's um, well, hopefully through struggle comes, you know, resolution in some way, but yeah. Yeah. It could also highlight that too.
1: Well, we have a few minutes. <laughs> 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 oh my goodness. And of course people, it's an,
2: yeah. I mean, it's a lot to cover. I mean, I, there's, Yeah, I mean, I think for people to just sort of start playing with and looking at whatever, your prenatal, right? And then one of the things Ariel talks about is so if you're born just before one, right, if you're like a week or two, right, or even two weeks before that, then looking at Mm. from a progression perspective, what happened when your son would have, your chart would have progressed there.
1: Ooh, there's all kinds of that. Well, it's relationship going back again and again and again. Here we have it, not just with myself and maybe a spouse. No, it's with everything. Our values of the ocean, of the land, of our of our philosophy of of what constitutes truisms that we can begin to expand into. Because if we take something that we're grounded with the fire and the air, it goes into that mythology. Goes into that. Oh boy, all kinds of wonderful things! Thank you, it's Wendy, Stacy, and Laura. Doctor Tad, it's been thank marvelous. you for
0: joining us on Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and her panel of guests connect soul growth patterns with the energetic cycles of astrology. Be sure to tune in next Sunday at one p.m. Pacific Time to continue your journey through the roots of the cosmic pathway.